You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, kicking off Hour 2. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Father Tim Cohn. And we are uh, broadcasting live from Ron Colley High School here at the very heart of the Real Presence listening area. Aberdabber, very... South Dakota. Oh, yes. Wait, is that how you say it? Aberdabber. <laughs> Flat as the day is long. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> covered in lots and lots of snow. Oh, man. It was truly a white Christmas. Oh, my God. and It, it was so nice. It kept coming on Saturday. <laughs> I was blown away. Yeah, literally, it was pretty windy. It was. Yeah, like those country roads were a little sketchy. Oh man, yeah. After mass on Monday or Monday on uh, on, on Christmas, I you know I had nine o'clock mass there in Ipswich, and uh, I, I walked outside of the church, and it was so picturesque. It was like right oh, out of a movie. Beautiful. Snow. The, the wind hadn't picked up yet. Everything was just falling. Into, oh man, I felt like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Holy Cross is beautiful. Like the whole church itself. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. On that Except- red roof. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, one random thing, though, is that uh, there's a crucifix on the outside of the church yeah. that's gorgeous. Yeah. But when it snows, it looks like Jesus is wearing a hat. <laughs> I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but I just, I, it makes me laugh. Every that's time. amazing. I love it. So anyway, so uh, yes. uh, we're, we're about to uh, interview uh, someone who is doing something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, and that, that's prison ministry. Uh, uh, and so we have uh, Mo Irvine here with us. Um, uh, she helps us out here at the Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, doing uh, work mi- um, ministering uh, to those there at, at the state penitentiary there in Sioux Falls. Uh, and so, Mo, are you with us? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Mo Irvine. Uh, I grew up in the Sioux Falls Catholic Diocese. I uh, went to college in Ohio at Franciscan University. Um, I got a bachelor's in theology, and then I came back to the diocese and started working um, for a couple different Catholic churches uh, before getting into prison ministry for the diocese. Fantastic. Now, had you had any, uh, or like, how how'd you get? Uh, I mean, it seems like a pretty uh, pretty niche, uh, you know, type of ministry. So, how did you how did you end up getting involved, or what what drew you to it? Or, I mean, ministering in prisons for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I think a lot of little things throughout my life um, like disposed me to um, wanting to do prison ministry, and. Um, one clear one from college, so I was really involved in the pro-life ministry uh, in Steubenville, and we would go to pray outside the abortion clinic in Pittsburgh every Saturday, and I just remember these few times of talking to people walking by, um, just to have some conversation that wasn't quite as intense as um, talking to the men and women going in the abortion clinic, and there was a couple guys who were walking by, and they said, oh, hey, you have a rosary. I'm like, how do you know what a rosary is? <laughs> and they said, oh, well, when I was in jail, someone came and taught me how to pray it. And I was like, wow. what? You had this positive experience <laughs> of the church in jail. That's so intriguing. Oh, that's and amazing. So then moving back to the diocese, I was like, well, I probably missed my chance. I don't know if normal people can volunteer in prisons <laughs> and jails. And then Father Jeff Norfolk got assigned to be the chaplain, and I'm like, well, I know Father Jeff, so I'll ask him if there's an opportunity to volunteer. And he's like, yes, we would love volunteers. So I said, I'll let you get your feet wet for about six months before I start volunteering. And 
then I didn't know if I would like it. So I was like, okay, I'll give you one hour every other week and we'll see. Um, and then it became, I'll give you an hour every week for Bible study. And then it was like two times a week I'm going in and I just realized it was so much part of my heart of what I was experiencing and how I was seeing God working in the lives of the men. Um, and then, yeah, after a period of time, uh, Father said he needed more help, and I had this desire to be in the prison full-time working with the men, and uh, we proposed it to Bishop, and he created a position, and so now I do it full-time. That's wow. amazing. So how <laughs> how long have you been at this position? I started volunteering four years ago, and then a little over two years ago, it's been my full-time work. That's fantastic. So, so now so cool. most of our listeners probably have, uh, I'd be willing to venture a guess, that most have not ever stepped foot, uh, you know, in, in a prison, you know? So, like, right. what, wh- like, help fill us in, like, what's that like, or like, what, what do you do, or what does that mean to do ministry in a prison? Yeah. Yeah, so... In a weird way, it's not like Hollywood in the movies, like <laughs> what you would imagine. But then in some ways it is. Um, like some of the stereotypical things are very true. But uh, the people, the people are so much different than what Hollywood mm. portrays. Um, there's such a hunger amongst the men that I work with for something that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the prison, uh, I don't know, there's... Uh, there's been a lot of changes, actually, in uh, what we can do as volunteers and where we can go in the prison. Before, if you had full clearance, you could kind of go anywhere um, to visit with the guys, but now it's mostly restricted to the chapel um, and then some of the offices. And so we have we have Bible study, we have Mass, um, we do RCA on an individual basis if guys want to become Catholic um, while they're incarcerated. Um, we have retreats, we have... Uh, lots of different uh, opportunities for men to be exposed to the Catholic Church, and there's all these other religious groups as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They're just really down to earth when you <laughs> yeah. get to know them. So. Yeah. You know, one thing that struck me, I, I had the opportunity back when I was in seminary uh, up in St. Paul during my pre-theology years, uh, is we would, uh, every Wednesday, we would go to the Ramsey County Jail oh, cool. uh, to do prison ministry. Uh, and uh, you know, there's nothing like when you go in there and you hear the uh, the, the sound of the door slamming behind you <laughs> and you have no control over opening it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you're, it's solely on, uh, at least there, you know, it was electronic system and you had to look up into the camera and they had to let you go wherever, even in the elevator, you know. To, and, um, but one of the things, I don't know, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, one of the things that surprised me so much was here are people that have seemingly had everything taken away from them, and sometimes for good reason. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yet, I'll never forget the moment it hit me that this person that I was talking to is more disposed to following our Lord than I was, mm. <laughs> because they have nothing holding them back. <sighs> You know, mm-hmm. and so can you, can you speak a little bit about how you've seen lives changed behind the prison walls or like, what is it that you see, especially in the, in their hearts? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the ways to summarize a lot of them is they've tried everything that the world told them would make them happy and they're just, uh, left wanting more. And they're mm. like, this isn't you, like the world has been lying to me and telling me this would make me happy. And so 
if you offer them something that's real and true, they'll listen to you because they want something different than what they've been experiencing. They want something that will last and that actually like satisfies this desire within them. Um, and it's so striking because I've worked in uh, churches ever since I graduated college. And I think because of where they're at and all the things taken from them, that they're, they're more disposed to uh, receiving what the Lord has for them. Uh, in some ways, or they're at least more aware of it. Like, there's this hunger for something more uh, that I I don't always see, um, even in myself or in, in people in the parishes where it's like, I'm good, I do all these things, I'm good. Um, but these guys are just saying, no, I want more, I want more, I want something that's real and true and that will last, that can't be taken from me. That's such a beautiful, beautiful, like, testimony to those of us who are listening to those of us because I, you're right so oftentimes we fall into the trap of like I'm good I'm great like, <laughs> things are so good like kind of like that autopilot right yeah. that coasting yeah. it, it's so easy to fall into you know especially when we're I guess you could say we're, we're free to do whatever we want here mm-hmm. we have everything mm-hmm. disposed at our fingertips but yet so oftentimes like we're found wanting we want more mm-hmm. because not what we're doing isn't satisfying us. And what a beautiful testimony you know, do you have to share about uh, these men? And so uh, are there any uh, per- specific ministries that you have seen? You know, you mentioned a few RCIA, Bible studies, mass. Are there any specific things that you have had an opportunity to do that you have seen so much fruit and found so much joy uh, in serving these men? Yeah, so a lot of my uh, daily work is going in and having one-on-ones with guys and just mm-hmm. listening, and sometimes that turns into RCIA classes. Um, usually most of the conversations start because they want to know more about the church, or they're like, I've never been into this God thing, what does this look like? <laughs> and so it's just this beautiful gift of when when they get to the point where they trust you, and they start sharing these things that are very near and dear to them, whether it's hurt or this hope for something more and it just opens up this huge uh question for me too of like okay lord you love us so much i want to be aware of this love because i see how much you love this man and Mm -hmm. how you've given him all of these gifts and these talents and and how he wants to use them but he's also afraid um because of the life that he's come from Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know there's (laughs) there's so much that i could share about uh the conversations with the men, but they're constantly teaching me about the Lord's love and uh, hope in a new way. Yeah, you know that's that strikes me a little bit. So uh, Chris and I were talking at the very uh, beginning of our program uh, about about hope, uh, about the fact that Christ came to save everyone yeah. you know and, and you're speaking exactly to that that uh and i see this even in the parishes right i mean our lord desires to save even those that we are repulsed by mm. you know like mm-hmm. even those who may have committed the most heinous of crimes those who are in prison for good reason our lord loves them too yeah. and desires mm-hmm. that they be with him forever in heaven so uh mo i know we're going to be coming up on a break here soon um but, but when we get back to the break could you speak to that a little bit or how have you seen how have you seen their lives transformed when you offer them this truth mm. you know mm-hmm. okay uh, yeah 
So there, there, there's a nice little teaser. So we're, we're, we're going to take, uh, uh, take a little bit of a break. Uh, but when we come back, join us, and uh, we'll get, you'll get to hear the answer to this beautiful, beautiful question. Again, we're interviewing Mo Irvine uh, of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, who uh, uh, helps to do uh, prison work within our diocese. Thank you for joining us here at uh, Real Presence Radio. And uh, join us uh, again right after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Celebrating Sunday. Christians are Sunday people. What does that mean? Before we ask ourselves how we observe Sunday, we have to consider what we Christians actually celebrate on Sunday. The real and first reason for celebrating Sunday lies in the fact that on this day Christ rose from the dead. For the first time, someone returns from the dead and will not die again. But Jesus did not pass quickly into heaven. He did not simply shed time as one might shed a worn-out garment. On the contrary, he remains with us. The Feast of Sunday is therefore, above all, a profession of faith in the resurrection. Very early in the history of the church, Christians asked themselves, why did the Lord choose this day? According to Jewish reckoning, Sunday was the first day of the week. It was therefore the day on which God created the world. It was the day on which God ended his rest and spoke, let there be light. Sunday is the first day of the week, the day of creation. That means then that Sunday is also the day on which we give thanks for creation. Creation has been given us by God as our living space, as the scene of our labor and our leisure, in which we find both the necessities and the superfluities of life, the beauty of images and sounds, which we need precisely as much as we need food and clothing. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, everybody. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Father Tim Cohn. And we are here with Mo Irvine, who works uh, with the Diocese of Sioux Falls doing prison ministry at the State Pen down in Sioux Falls. So we've had a wonderful conversation with her so far about you know, just some of the ministries that they do, how she got started, uh, and just some of, the, some of the fruits she sees. And then, Father Cohn, you asked a great question before our break. Yeah, yeah, and and basically that, uh, you know, our Lord desires that every soul be saved. Yeah. Uh, And not just the ones that we like, but everyone, the ones, not even just the ones that are Catholic, you know, every single soul, which would include those who are in prison, you know, for good reasons, for bad reasons, our Lord wants them too. Uh, And and so, Mo, how have you seen, uh, or or like, can you share a story or two uh, of how you've seen someone's life radically changed by the presentation of the gospel? gospel truth, the message, the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the first story that comes to mind is uh, 
this man who has been in and out of prison uh, most of his life uh, through his early teen, teen years till now. And uh, when I first met him, uh, I don't think he was really interested in uh, anything <laughs> about the Bible study or mass or anything like that. And I think he was just coming to get out of his cell and uh, chat with his friends or whatever. Um, but over the last few years uh, that I've known him, because I've known him most of the time that I've uh, been in the prison, um, I've seen this transformation of him wanting something more. Um, but uh, he's involved in a, a gang. Uh, so I work with a lot of guys who um, are in gangs from a young age. And so I see this tension between um, this false sense of obligation uh, to them and uh, the rules or whatever that they live by. And then when he's experiencing more of the truth and the freedom of uh, the church, there's this tension of, okay, well, which one's really true, and how am I going to choose to live my life uh, going forward? Um, And it's been this beautiful conversation back and forth with him. And there was this one conversation in particular where I was just talking about different teachings of the church and how... uh, the, the wisdom of the church is saying, this isn't good for you, or this is saved for marriage, or this or that, you know, um, that it's for our good. And he just expressed how hard it was going to be to change his life because of the last, what, 40-something years of what he's been living. Yeah. And I just asked him, like, why would you want to then? <laughs> and without missing uh, a beat, he just said, because I realize that my soul is worth it, and I don't want to do anything to harm it. Wow. And I was just like, <laughs> I needed to hear that. I needed to see, because mm. I've grown up in the church my whole life, and I, I come from a very good Catholic family that, like, we just learned these from a young age. And so sometimes I almost take it for granted, like, knowing it and believing that it's true. But then this is someone who, he, he didn't grow up in the church, and he heard this truth, and he's like, this is real, and this is good, and I want it because of what it means for my soul. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, that was worth it. That was amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I need some tissues. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's beautiful. Holy moly. I, you know, I, and I love it. I mean, it speaks to even even to what we're celebrating right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, the light, I mean, as it says in the prologue of the Gospel of John, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of whatever circumstance anyone might find themselves in, there is always hope. Yeah. Right? The truth mm-hmm. is for all people, and it sets us free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, man, Mo, what a beautiful gift. That is so amazing. You know, you're on the front lines of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, so how many how many individuals are you able to 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 see uh, when when you go in there? I mean, is a, a lot, a few, or? Um... Um, well, it just depends on what I'm going in for. So, like last night we had Bible study, and there was 18 guys that showed up. Wow, um, 18 guys then... in prison studying the sacred scriptures. That's yep. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, That's and there's multiple other studies going on of uh, different um, Christian denominations as well. So there's probably uh, 60 to 100 guys in the chapel last night in that area studying Scripture. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, and then on a, a weekly basis when I go in for visits, I'll do anywhere from four, uh, two to four guys 
a day just because of the restrictions that have been put on visiting. But yeah, yeah. so I that's just one story of four years of conversations with guys that they just say these profound oh, things, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I know that uh, um, there might be someone who our Lord ha- has been stirring it up within them to to get involved in some way, uh, or to to help in some way. And I and I know that oftentimes that they can be a little short staffed as far as with the chaplaincy, you know, for the prisons or how. Uh, how can people get involved if this is what uh, you know they believe our Lord has been leading them to, or or how how can how can people help in some way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a couple different ideas. Number one, uh, prayer. Um, mm. That's like the the main work of everything that I do. It's fueled by prayer. Uh, I know I have so many people praying for me and praying for the men um, that they would just be open to something that's true and have the courage to follow it. So, yeah, just please pray for all those who work and live and minister inside the prisons and jails. Um, if they, if people want to get involved uh, in going into the prisons and jails, uh, they can email uh, me, and then I can kind of give them different opportunities to see what they're interested in. So uh, my email is prisonministry at sfcatholic.org, but you can also find it on the Supposed Catholic Diocese website. Um, and then, I mean, throughout the year, we have a couple of different retreats at the different facilities in Sioux Falls, um, but we have opportunities all over the diocese because we have uh, a deacon and his wife in Pierre that go in the women's prison. Um, I know uh, we have uh, some different deacons at different county jails around the diocese. Uh, deacon Tim and Julie, uh, they go into the Minnehaha County Jail, so uh, they're always looking for volunteers as well. And then the Sioux Falls facilities, the two prisons in Sioux Falls, um, for retreats or mass. Um, yeah, just different groups. Uh, there's many opportunities in that way. Um, yeah. Uh, what and what a great opportunity, you know, to to serve right to practice the corporal works of ministry, right? One of the seven, right? Mm-hmm. Visit the imprisoned, right? Yeah, you know, doing su- it's such a it's such a good work to such an audience that is most talking such a captive audience, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm just so struck by the reality of their openness. Uh, and I yeah. think of uh, one of my, my favorite songs uh, is uh, Lord, I Need You, right? <laughs> Where sin runs deep, grace is more. Yeah. And the grace that is abounding in these men's li- this, these the lives of these men and, and women, wherever you're at, right, wherever you're serving, uh mm-hmm. There's got to be the, this power-packed grace mm-hmm. uh, that is going to change lives. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you, and, and Mo, you're, you're, you're showing us that. You're telling us that. Like, you're a testament to it. So what a gift. And uh, Mo, do you have any other like, final thoughts you know, about the work you do, about the men you serve, about uh, peop- for people who want to maybe get involved? Just, just kind of little uh, final thoughts or any little, uh, I guess you could say, uh, Fervorino about the work you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that comes to my mind is uh, these are men and women um, that are going to be coming out into the community. A lot of them will be coming back out on parole or probation or finishing their sentence and um, just really trying to be a part of the community and live uh, a good and healthy life. And one of the most, uh, it's kind of sad, but also, uh, eye-opening things is when we talk to men who 
want to become Catholic or want to start uh, participating in a church, they say, do people look like me? Will I stick out? Will I be welcomed? Or will people, like, be staring at me? And and it's it's um, a reality that, like, I mean, some of them have a lot of face tattoos or <laughs> uh, different things like that. And uh, so I guess just, like, an encouragement of if you see someone like that in your parish, like, it goes so far just to greet them and ask them if they need anything or uh, to thank them for coming to church because there's this intimidation of, I know what I look like. I have these tattoos. I can look scary sometimes. I don't want to walk into a church and feel like I don't belong. Yeah. And so to be able to see them, and I mean, you don't like, <laughs> you don't have to do anything incredible just to greet them and to welcome them and thank them for coming to church and maybe offer for them to sit by you. You know, it's so simple and uh, that will go so far for them to have a, a positive encounter with the Lord through you at a church. Absolutely. And that's something that I think, uh, in particular, you know, us as Catholics, we need to work on that. Yeah. Welcoming, yeah. Wel- welcoming <laughs> all people, and especially people who may look like they're uh, not part of the usual crowd, right? Because right. yeah. God saves all people. He desires to save mm-hmm. all people. And so that's, that's a great gift and a great message uh, for us, especially during this Christmas season, right? The reality that God became man in the mm-hmm. form of a baby, in an unexpected way. Yeah. And so who knows if these uh, these men and women who are coming back into society, that if you have an encounter with them, they can show you God in an unexpected way too. Right. Yeah. By you mm-hmm. being God to them. And so what a gift. Uh, Mo, thanks for being on today. Uh, once again, can you just kind of uh, share your contact information again and for anybody who may want to get involved in this awesome ministry? Yeah, so um, my email is prisonministry at sfcatholic.org. Um, but you can also call the diocesan office, um, or my uh, the prison ministry office number is 988-3745. All right. So there you have it, folks. Mo Irvine sharing the great work she's doing in prison ministry in Sioux Falls. Uh, I'm edified. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks, Mo, for all of Thank the good work that you do. Know that we're going to be praying for you yes. uh, and continue to pray for you and, and all of those whom you, uh, whom you work with, that they be given open Thank hearts. You. Yep. Thanks so much, Mo. God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank Mo. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to toss it to a quick break here, but don't go anywhere. You come back. We'll have Dr. Billy Madler, uh, who is part of the University of Mary nursing program, and she's going to talk about how the University of Mary is helping to curb some of the nursing, nursing shortages in our region and some new initiatives that they've taken on here very recently. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back for more Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 